Playoffs? Yes. It's high school playoff time for episode 122 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. We're telling you who's playing in week 11, the scores of week 10, and an idea to get rid of regions in football? Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sports happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio region. Visit the LeeWMowen.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. Follow the host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen and the podcast at Sunday Pod. Opening theme is Arpy by Dan Hennig from the YouTube Music Library Collection. Now for your host, Lee W. Mowen. Yes, I realize that was a terrible Jim E. Moore impersonation, but there you go. Anyway, welcome to episode 122 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. It's hard to believe that high school football regular season is over, and now we move on to playoffs. Five more weeks, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15, in order to determine who hoists state titles in football. So we'll go ahead and start off with scores from week 10 from Cincinnati, Dayton, and a little part of the Lima area. And as always, we start off with the Cross County Conference. Miami East defeated Twin Valley South 50-6. to Fort Loramie, a big rolling over the Tri-County North Panthers, 82-8 to Redskins. And Sonia Claus over the Patriots of Tri-Village, 31-8. Mississippi Valley defeats Arcanum, 22-12. Covington defeats Bethel, 47-6. And National Trail ends their year 5-5 five and five with a 56-6 win over Bradford. Now to the Southwestern Buckeye League as Valley View needed the win to get to the playoffs. And they got one. They shut out the Brookville Blue Devils 35-0. Bellbrook wins big over Monroe 45-0. Preble Shawnee defeats Norfridge 49-14. Waynesville edges out Middletown Madison 24-21. Eaton flies high over the U.S. 35 SWBL foe and Dixie, 54-6. Franklin shuts out Oakwood, 35-0. And Milton Union claws over Carlisle, 49-13. We move on to the Miami Valley League, the Thursday night game. Well, there was one of a couple, but this one was the televised game. Xenia needed a win to make the playoffs for the first time ever at XHS. And they do so in shutout fashion by defeating the Fairborn Skyhawks 42-0. Elsewhere in the Miami Valley League, Troy defeats Piqua 35-9. Greenville defeats Sydney 19-14. West Carrollton 21, Stebbins 14. And Tippecanoe rolls over Vandalia Butler 41-3. The Red Devils finish 4-6 overall. In the Greater Western Ohio Conference, Fairmont Ends their year with a win over Lebanon, 28-8. to Remember, Lebanon's moving to the ECC, the Eastern Cincinnati Conference, next year. Miamisburg defeats Beaver Creek, 21-6, for their second straight win. We move on to Springfield, beating Trotwood by a point, 21-20. Springboro over Centerville, 37-6. 
and Northmont edges out Wayne 28-27. In the Central Buckeye Conference, we have Bell Fountain 48, Tecumseh 13, Springfield Shawnee 35, Kenton Ridge 20, Jonathan Alder 24, London 23, North Union 48, Benjamin Logan 6, Indian Lake 49, Urbana 13, and Northwestern 27, Graham 12. Up north to the Northwest Central Conference, in the Battle of Lima Perry versus Lehman Catholic, it's the Commodores winning over Lehman Catholic, 30-24, to Riverside 39, Ridgemont 12, Upper Scioto Valley 32, Marion Elgin 24, the Comets finish off the year winless in 2019, and Harden Northern 21, Waynesville Goshen 14. To the Western Buckeye League, Wapakoneta one point better than Ottawa Glandorf at 7-6. Kenton 35, Elida 14, Van Wert 45, Salina 14, St. Mary's 48, Defiance 6, and the Battle of Lima goes to OT. It's Lima Bath 21, Lima Shawnee 20. In the Ohio Heritage Conference, Triad 58, Northeastern 19, Green in 38, Greenview 21, great season for the Knights. They finish 8-2, I believe, does Greenan. West Liberty Salem 35, Mechanicsburg 15, big win for the Tigers of WLS. Mass and Plains 76, Springfield Catholic Central 0, Southeastern 20, Cedarville 6, and West Jefferson 58, Fairbanks 32. To the Midwest Athletic Conference, we go back north with Minster, holding New Bremen to just a safety, 42-2, Minster wins. Marion Local flies over Coldwater with a shutout, 24-0 win. Anna, 56, Delphos St. John, 7, Fort Recovery, 41, Versailles, 22, and Parkway, 33, St. Henry, 6. Back to Dayton in the Dayton City League. This one was for the DCL Championship. And winning the regular season title was Belmont. They take care of Dunbar, 34-16. In the ever-DCL game, Ponix Tech defeats Thurgood Marshall, 34-14. To the Greater Catholic League, Alter with a big win over Shabna Julian. I believe the Knights needed that to get to the playoffs. A little bit more on their next matchup. You'll be surprised. Or maybe not, because this is on Thursday, and the lineups were introduced Sunday or Monday. One of those days. Anyway, Knights 35, Eagles 28, Alter versus CJ. Elsewhere in the GCL, Fenwick defeats Carroll 42-20, Baden over McNicholas 27-3, and LaSalle edges out Elder 27-25. Staying in the Cincinnati area with the Cincinnati Hills League. 41st straight win for the Cowboys as Wyoming claims another CHL title by defeating Indian Hill 21-18 Wyoming wins. Madeira 21, Marymount 20, Deer Park 48, Reading 7, and Taylor 20, Finneytown 12. In the Greater Miami Conference, we had a great barn burner at Fairfield as the Indians were looking to disrupt Colerain's 19 straight years of winning the GMC. But the Cardinals come on top of the Indians in OT, Colerain 16, Fairfield 10. Lakota West defeats Middletown 41-13. Lakota East defeats Hamilton 21-14. Mason over Princeton 35-19. And Sycamore shuts out Oak Hills 35-0. In the Eastern Cincinnati Conference, Anderson Big over Loveland 63-8. West Claremont defeats Kings 35-19. The Knights were unable to get into the playoffs. They were mathematically eliminated according to JoeIdle.com. 
and the Wolves take it out on the Kings. Walnut Hills 35 with throw 14, last ECC game for the Withrow Tigers. They're back in the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference. More on the CMAC later. And Turpin 42, Milford 13, the Spartans undefeated in regular season play. Onwards to the Southern Buckeye Athletic and Academic Conference as Clinton Massey big over Wilmington 63-24. Blanchester takes care of East Clinton 38-14. Western Brown shutout winners over Batavia 41-0. Goshen 26, New Richmond 12. Claremont Northeastern 34, Williamsburg 28, and Bethel Tate 34, Fayetteville 13. To the Southwest Ohio Conference, three league games on tap. Ross defeats Talawanda 34-21. Harrison shuts out Northwest 49-0. And Mount Healthy over Edgewood 41-21. Into the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference, a couple non-Friday games as Schroeder took care of Woodward 34-16. And Western Hills shut out Hughes 18-0. And Taft wins the C-Mac football title. The Senators shut out Aiken 32-0. In the Miami Valley Conference, New Miami. First time in school history, 10-0. They finished off the season with a 49-14 win over Lockland. Roger Bacon takes care of Summit Country Day, 49-20. Purcell Marion, 39. Norwood, 13. St. Bernard, 42. Cincinnati Country Day, 26. Clark Montessori, 40. Miami Valley Christian, 24. And Cincinnati College Prep, 42. North College Hill, 8. In the non-conference games, we'll start off with Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy shutting out Dayton City League's Meadowdale 53 to nothing. Fisher Catholic 62, Troy Christian 32. In the Battle of St. X's, Cincinnati comes on top. It's the St. X Bombers 35 and the Louisville St. Xavier Tigers 30. Manchester 38, Hillcrest 34. Dayton Christian shuts out Jefferson Township 44 nothing. Little Miami defeats Simon Kenton of Kentucky, 48-35. And Muller defeats Canada Prep to end their season, 53-14, Fighting Crusaders win. And now week two of high school playoffs in Indiana. We focus on Wayne County and surrounding areas. If they're in the Miami Valley, we normally talk about them on this podcast. Three games left in the playoffs for three local teams. And all three teams fell short in the second week of the playoffs. Madison Grant takes care of Union City, 55-27. North Decatur getting revenge from their, what I assume to be neighbors in South Decatur. They shut out the Tri-Titans, 12-0. And Milan, yes, the same school that was in the movie Hoosiers, you know, where Dennis Hopper's an assistant coach, and they do the swinging gate. Here's a three right in your face. Yeah, that school. Milan defeats Hagerstown, 34-14. We move on to college scores. Great win for the Cincinnati Bearcats, ranked number 17th in the country. Had to battle back from, I believe the deficit was as high as 10 to 14 points, somewhere in there. But the Bearcats claw out a win with a last-second field goal at ECU, 46-43. And last night for the Miami Red Hawks, they improved a 4-1 in Maction. And 5-4 and four overall, meaning one more Red Hawk win. It's another bowl season at MU. Red Hawks defeat Ohio University in the Battle of the Bricks 24-21. Other colleges. The Cincinnati Christian at 
number 17 Reinhardt game was forfeited by the Eagles because, you know, Cincinnati Christian is shutting things down at the end of the semester. Hanover defeats Mount St. Joseph 27-3, to and that gives Mount St. Joseph their second straight loss, and not only overall, but in conference play as well. Dayton flies over Moorhead State, Flyers 49, Moorhead State 35. Wittenberg claws out a 35-21 win over Oberlin. Number 13, John Carroll, they shut out Wilmington 42 0. Urbana 35, West Liberty 17. Lane College gets the best of Central State 36 10. Bethel 35, Thomas Moore 28. And no, it's not the same Bethel as Bethel High School or Bethel Tate High School. Ha ha Mentioned Wright State Club football. They had to forfeit their last game against Miami due to the lack of numbers on the team. And speaking of the club Red Hawks, they fought Ohio State 37-8. And the Red Hawks cannot get the Mid-Atlantic West title. The Buckeyes can, though. They're 6-0 overall and 3-0 in conference play. Red Hawks, they'll finish 4-1 and 2-1 in the same league because Wright State already forfeited that game. NFL scores, you got it. The Bengals were off. And here's where non-Bengals fans put in their, <laughs> they lost to the bye week. <laughs> of course, that means this week we'll see Ryan Finley for the first time in action. Kind of excited to see what Ryan Finley can do. I'm still not entirely happy about the whole way that Andy Dalton got benched, but Maybe he'll provide a spark. I don't know. Maybe he'll get mauled behind that offensive line, which is what I'm predicting, but I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. So, Ryan Finley will take on the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. Steelers 26, Colts 24, and the Broncos 24, Browns 19. Been witnessing a lot of fire Freddy Kitchens talk lately, and... What's different from this team? Seemed like this team would be much improved from last year's counterpart that went 7-8-1. and one. I think it's a little bit of everything, really. I mean, you promoted a guy that was calling the offensive plays to head coach where he's now responsible on all sides of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. But I don't know. I still think that Greg Williams should have been given the job and Kitchens stayed put. but. Hey, I'm not part of any front office. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm just telling you what I see. So we'll move on to other scores. We focus on Wright State and Dayton, because that's where I work. Wright State Volleyball, they swept first place Milwaukee at home, and they beat second place Green Bay in the Horizon League in four to get into a tie for second place. And last night just took Cleveland State down in five on the road. One home match remains. It's this Friday against UIC for senior night at McLean Gymnasium. I'm telling you, this Raider volleyball team is good. Come out and see them when you can. For WSU women's soccer, they fell at home to Cleveland State on Friday, 3-2, to last Friday. But still got to host a quarterfinals match, meaning yours truly got to announce that. And number four, Wright State fell to number five, Northern Kentucky, three to one. The same margin where the Raiders won at NKU in the regular season earlier here. Now, men's soccer, they fell at home to Green Bay on their senior night, one nil. And they also fell at home to Bowling Green, 
1-0 in the Battle of the I-75 Cup. There is one match left for the Raiders this regular season, and it's coming up this Saturday, I believe, at IUPUI. And, of course, that's short for Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. Now, for the Dayton Flyers women's soccer, they fell in the quarterfinal match to the LaSalle 1-0, and that ends the season for UD's women's team at 7-9-3. For men's soccer at UD, they beat George Washington the senior night 2-1 to cap off the regular season. And this Sunday, at 1 o'clock, the Flyers get to host LaSalle. Flyers in the number three seed. Finishing the year 11 and 7, no draws in the year, and 6 and 2 in A10 play, and virtually unpeckable at home. The only loss was to Ohio State, and that was pushed to OT when the Buckeyes won. Volleyball, well, they continue to roll as the Flyers 10 and 0 in A10 play. They beat St. Louis at home in four sets, and the road awaits the Flyers at LaSalle and at Duquesne. And the high school boys soccer team that I've been following and broadcasting with ESP Media, their season came to a halt in penalty kicks to the Tippecanoe Red Devils. Both teams tied 3-3, but Tippecanoe prevailed in PKs 5-4. And they got to play Columbus Academy, number 14 Columbus Academy. And the Red Devils won at London High School 1-0, meaning the Red Devils... They play for a Division II state championship in boys soccer against Howland High School at Mafre Stadium. That's this Sunday, November 10th at 1 p.m. You know, I was really hoping that I was going to get a chance to broadcast from Mafre Stadium because, hey, I can say I broadcast where the crew play. But congrats to the Red Devils. Quite the strong team. And now there's a chance for a state title coming to Miami County. We'll tell you about the state title winners for girls soccer, boys soccer, and volleyball in next week, possibly two weeks from now. But that's your scores. And up next, we got playoffs in part two of episode 122 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Hey, listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday sports podcast? Visit the leewmallon.com slash podcast. Then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise, made by Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday sports gear by Public. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Playoffs? No, not me quoting that for a third time. Who's made the playoffs and who's playing in Week 11 in Ohio High School football? Picked out the Cincinnati and Dayton area teams. We're going to talk about their matchups and also who missed out on the playoffs. It's going to be a fun time, and we'll start quickly with Division 1. Now for the Cincinnati and Dayton area, I always knew that Region 4 had the Cincinnati area teams. Division 1 Region 2 has more of the Dayton area teams. Like your Springfield, your Springboro's in there, Miamisburg, Fairmont. So it seems like a lot of the G-Walk teams are in D1 Region 2. We'll start off with Division 1 Region 2. And in Ohio, of course, the smaller the number of the division, the bigger the school is. I know for a fact in Indiana, the larger the number, the larger the school. 
So if you're a Class A school, you would probably be a Division 7 school in the state. So, D1 Region 2. We'll start off with the number one seed in that region, Springfield on the Wildcats. Maurice Douglas's Wildcats went 9-1 and on the year. Very impressive team, very strong team. They'll get to host number eight, Marysville, who went six and four. Number seven, Northmont. The Thunderbolts, six and four. They'll get to travel to Toledo to face number two, Whitmer, who also went nine and one, much like the Wildcats did. Your four and five battle, because three and six is a Columbus matchup. Number four, Dublin Jerome, eight and two, the Celtics. They'll get to face nine and one, Springboro, the number five Panthers, who had quite the great season. Who missed out in this region? Well, for this division and region, I picked out 9th through 14th. I didn't do it for any of the others. But you have five teams that went 4 and 6. Finley, Hilliard, Bradley, Fairmont, Centerville, and Toledo start. Mimesburg was 14th. You have to be in the top 8 to get the playoffs. So 6 spots away, and the Vikings went 3 and 7. Onwards to Division 1, Region 4. This is the Cincinnati part of Division 1. We'll start off with the 1-8 and eight battle. It's the Comets of Mason, 5-5. Five and five. They'll get to travel to number 1, St. X, where the Bombers went 8-2. and two. Your 2-7 two and seven battle, it's another Greater Miami Conference matchup. As number 2, Fairfield, 9-1. and one. They'll get to host Hamilton, who went 5-5. Five and five. Three and six, you got the Colerain Cardinals nine and one, hosting the number six Princeton Vikings six and four. And your four and five matchup, the Elder Panthers eight and two host number five Lakota West. The Firebirds went seven and three on Tom Bolden's first year at LWHS. Who missed out? Well, you got a couple of five and five teams in the mix. West Claremont, Lakota East, Sycamore, and Walnut Hills. Walnut Hills, when they were at Loveland. They were actually 8th at the time in D1 Region 4, but you know how computer points work. There you go. Four 5-5 five, and five teams. Impressive. And there were only two 5-5 five, and five teams to make it to the playoffs. Again, number 8, Mason. Number 7, Hamilton. All out of the GMC. Now for Division 2 Region 7. There is a local team in D2 Region 7, Detroit Trojans. Most of the teams seem to be Columbus-based, but Troy is in there as well. The number three Trojans, eight and two, get to host the Olentangy Braves, who are the sixth seed and five and five. Any local teams missing out at 2-7? Well, the Piqua Indians, they went five and five. Could they have possibly made it with the win against Troy and the oldest high school rivalry in the state? Uh, possibly, but who's to say? Now we move on to Division 2, Region 8. Again, all local teams in this one. Well, the exception of three that are traveling, but most of them are local teams in Southwest Ohio. Number 8, Little Miami. The Panthers set to join the Eastern Cincinnati Conference and reunite some old Fort Ancient Valley Conference rivalries. The Panthers went 8-2, and two, and they get to face another 8-2 and two team by traveling to number 1, LaSalle. We have the Perfect Turton Spartans, 10-0, and the number two seed in D2 Region 8. They'll get to battle number seven, St. Francis de Sales from Columbus. The Stallions are 8-2. Another Columbus traveling to Cincinnati battle here, 6-3. and 
Canal Winchester, 9-1, gets to play Harrison, 9-1. Great defense that Harrison has. Great team as well. Number five, Walnut Ridge. They went 10-0 as well. They'll get to take on number four, Xenia. The Buccaneers went 9-1, and this is their first ever trip to the football playoffs. Outstanding. And Doug Adams Stadium gets to see another football matchup, which that was the last place I got to call Wyoming Boys Soccer. Great facility there. Right off Business Route 35-2, so you can't miss it. Who missed out in D2 Region 8? Well, we'll start off Witten Woods and the Warriors. They're 6-3, and three, currently independents, but they, along with Lebanon and Little Miami, will join the ECC next year, so a little bit of scheduling taken care of there. However, the Warriors did not have a Week 10 game. There were talks, I think it was on Mike Dyer's group on Facebook, Cincinnati Area High School Sports. I think someone mentioned that Steubenville was also off in Week 10, and why didn't the two meet up? Answer is, I don't know. I'm not part of any school district. I'm just here to give you Cincinnati and Dayton sports goodness. Warriors, great season. They traveled afar to play foes. I think the farthest they went was Christian Brothers around the St. Louis, Missouri area. They did have a very nice win against LaSalle. And that set them up for success, but no more computer points, and that kind of put the Warriors in ninth place instead of Little Miami. So I know there's a lot of, uh, a lot of talk about that on the Facebook group, but the Warriors will not be playing in Week 11, which I think is a shame, but Maybe next year of ECC, I think that's half the schedule taken up and then find some good non-conference foes. The Warriors have always scheduled tough, and I admire Winton Woods for that. Great football team. They'll be back for 2020. Also, Anderson, 7-3. and The Redskins have a really good year as well. Their first loss was to Harrison. That snapped a 70-some game streak of scoring 10 or more points. I think what hurt the Redskins, well, the Turpin loss, the last second loss to the Spartans, where that sealed up the ECC tile for the Spartans. But, I mean, conference play, you know, some of the teams didn't fare so well, therefore your computer points are going to suffer. Talawanda, 7-3, and three, what a great year by first-year head coach Larry Cox. Again, the computer points. And Kings, 6-4. and four. They lost the last game, if you recall from the first half of this episode. But I read on JoeIO.com that the Knights couldn't make it after Week 9, which would have been the big win Kings had at home against Loveland. Division 3, Region 11. couple local schools here from the Central Buckeye Conference. The London Red Raiders, I got to announce... Their matchup with Wyoming last year, and Wyoming won it 28 nothing, but still a very strong Red Raiders squad. 7-2, and two, and they get to travel to number one Bishop Hartley. If I remember right, Bishop Hartley handed Clinton Massey their lone loss in the year. And we have number seven Sheridan, 8-2, and two, taking on Jonathan Alder, who went perfect in the regular season. The Pioneers did. Who missed out in 3-11? Bellbrook, 8-2, and two, and Bell Fountain. They were 15th at 6-4, and four, the Chieftains were. This is tough for the Golden Eagles, because that season was impeccable. They took out, they took down Valley View for the first Spartans loss, the first of two that they would suffer. 
But again, it comes down to computer points and conference matchups. I mean, if you're playing conference foes that aren't doing so hot, then that's going to pull you down a little bit. So, I, like I said, I'm, I'm neutral on this. I'd like to see as much success as I can, and I was hoping Bellbrook would make it. But 8-2 and two just looking in. London got in instead of, wait, did I say 7-2? and two? I wonder if I meant 8-2 and two on London's schedule. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Division 3, Region 12. Remember that Alter and CJ score I gave out? Well, you're going to see it again next week. By see it, I mean hear it. This is an audio podcast. Alter will travel to Shabna Julian of Roger Glass Stadium, downtown Dayton. Six and four Knights, eight and two Eagles. That's going to be a hot ticket. So if you're looking forward to that match, get out there, get out there quick, and stay warm. It's snowing out there right now, by the way. We have number seven Trotwood Mass in seven and three. They ended the year by losing a couple close matches to Springboro and Springfield. Very good Ram squad, seven and three. They'll travel to number two Wapakoneta, nine and one. And I feel like I have to go back on my Twitter bookmarks and listen to that rap. I think it was Wapakoneta students, you know talking trash to Trotwood, and I think the Redskins won that battle, if I remember right, but just laugh. It's so silly. I'll try to share it back on Twitter if I can. We have number six, St. Mary's Memorial, eight and two at number three, Franklin. Nine and one, Wildcats, always a great SWBL squad. And would you like a battle of Rams? I heard you like a battle of Rams. Here's one, number five, Ross, at number four, Hamilton Baden. Ross won 8 and 2, Baden 7 and 3, and the week 1 matchup went to Ross in OT 20 to 19. So, the playoff match should be very close as well. Who missed out in region 12 and division 3? The Greenville Green Wave. They went 7 and 3, their first winning season in quite some time. And if Greenville did make the playoffs, it would have been their first trip since 1996. It's been a while in Dark County. But, ninth place for Greenville. Now part of the Miami Valley League. Now we have Hughes 7-3, and Goshen 7-3, and Mount Healthy 5-5, five and, five, and Fenwick 5-5. Five and five. Those are the teams that missed out in 3-12. As we move on to Division 4, Region 14. There is one team that we talk about, not quite local, this is Lima area, but they're part of a local league, so that's why we talk about them. Ottawa Glandorf, the Titans, seven and three. They'll travel to number three Galleon, who went eight and two. And the local team that missed out in four fourteen, Van Wert. They were in fifteenth place and the Cougars went six and four. Now for four sixteen. This is the division I know best because uh being a Valley View alum, we've seen these opponents in playoffs quite some time. But first, number eight, Milton Union. They get in at eight and two, the Bulldogs do. And for getting in the playoffs, the Bulldogs are rewarded with a trip to Wyoming. That same Wyoming team that won 41 straight, 10 and 0 overall, and the quarterback Evan Prater going to UC. I still say I can't wait to hear what he does with the Bearcats when he puts on the black and red. Valley View, they got the seventh seed, the Spartans did, eight and two. They get to take on number two, Clinton Massey. The Falcons went 9-1. and one. I believe Bishop Hartley was at Lone Law. Actually, no, it wasn't. I'm just now remembering. It was uh, Avon Lake, I think. 
It was a Northern team coming in, and they played halfway up at Thinley. By halfway up, I mean, I think that's still close to the Avon Lake, but hey, who's counting? So apologies on that incorrect information earlier ago. But yeah, Valley View, Clinton, Massey, great rivalry. Uh, when I was... Was I a senior then? Yeah, they played at Barnett Stadium in Middletown, and the Spartans won it, I think, 34-21. That was back in 2005. <clears throat> I'm old, yes, I know. Number six, Roger Bacon. Corey Kiner, he's broken some records for the Spartans, who went 9-1. and one, And he'll take on another set of Spartans. And number three, Waynesville. Right by Clinton Massey, too. How about that? Both Spartans 9-1. and one, Sure to be a good matchup in Warren County, Wayne Township. Get out there and catch that game. The runners-up for the CHL title, the Indian Hill Braves, they get the five seed at 8-2, and two, and they'll travel to number four, Kenton, also 8-2. and two. Who missed out in this region? Well, we got a couple good teams out here. You have Washington Courthouse's Washington squad, 7-3, and three, Bethel Tate, 6-4. and four. McNicholas was in the mix. That would be, what, 11th place? The Rockets went 3-7. and seven. And Northwestern out of Springfield, they went 6-4. and four. Kind of a rough ending towards the season for the Warriors off State Route 41. Division 5, Region 20. We'll start off with the Taft Senators. 9-1 and one overall, the number one seed. They'll get to welcome in Blanchester, who went 6-4. and four. Your 2-7 and seven battle has Summit Country Day. 7-2 and two went the Silver Knights. They'll take on the Rough Riders of West Jefferson, who went 9-1. and one. Three and six, that's Springfield Shawnee. They'll get to host a game south of Springfield. The Braves eight and two. They'll take on another eight and two team in the Eagles of Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. Four and five, you have West Liberty Salem. Nine and one went the Tigers. They'll host Madeira, who went eight and two as the five seed. Who missed out? Well, let me tell you, there would have been a couple teams, if they made it, would have been their first trip ever to the playoffs. And something special to talk about. Greenan, what a season the Knights had. The Knights around the Enon area, that's why it's Greenan. Not sure why it's Green, that's Clark County. Maybe it spills into Greenan, or Green County, who knows. Greenan went 8-2, and two, but they were ninth place, and that would have been the first ever playoff trip for the football team. Marymont went 7-3, and three. another first trip to the playoffs, so they made it. Claremont Northeastern and the Rockets, they went 6-4. and four. Indian Lake up north, 6-4. and four. Miami East in the CCC, their last year in the Cross-County Conference. Well, actually, it's the last year of the Cross-County Conference, full stop. Most of the teams, if you remember, are going to the Western Ohio Athletic Conference, or the WOAC. And some of the other schools, like Covington, I think Bethel's one of them, Miami East, and Fort Loramie, they'll go to the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. So yeah, Vikings went six and four. Middletown Madison five and five. And Preble Shawnee went five and five as well. Now for Division Six, Region 23. This is the Lima section of things. Also, the Midwest Athletic Conference has a lot of teams in here too. That's why we talk about it. Fairview nine and one. They'll travel to number one Lima Central Catholic, who went nine and one as well. Allen East nine and one to Liberty Center, also nine and one. Coldwater, 8-2. Both those losses, the Cavaliers combined to score 8 points in those two losses. Normally, this is a Coldwater squad that puts up points and can hurt you in a hurry. But the Cavaliers will travel to number 3, Archbold, who went 9-1. and 
And would you like a 9-1-9-1 matchup? Well, here's another one. Anna is at Minster for the 5-4. and four. Now, yes, both these are Mac foes, but they didn't play each other this year. Who missed out? Well, you got one of the two 10-0 teams to miss, and Gibsonburg. And again, the talk of, well, perhaps your scheduling should be a little bit tougher. Because 10-0, that is a great feat. No matter who you play, 10-0 is 10-0. However, I think I heard three of those teams went 0-10. Or were 0 in something at one point. Computer points, what can you do? And a pair of 73 teams up north, Spencerville and Columbus Grove. And no, Columbus Grove is not near Columbus. You'd think it would be, but it's not. Division 6, Region 24, number 8, Dayton Christian. The Warriors went 8-2. and two. They'll get to go to Ross County to take on Southeastern of Chillicothe, who had a perfect 10-0 season. Mechanicsburg, the six-seeded Indians, are 8-2. and two. They'll go to Adena at 8-2 and two as well. Worthington Christian, 8-2. and two. Add another 8-2 and two squad. They'll get to tangle with the Buccaneers of Covington in your 5-4 and four matchup. Who missed out? Fairbanks, 6-4. and four. Arcanum. I think what would have done it, Mississinawa Valley, which, spoiler, they make the playoffs. That loss didn't help. However, the upset win by Tri-Village... That's probably what did it in for the Trojans. Greenview 5-5, five and five, they had a strong second half of the season, and Deer Park 6-4. and four. Now for the smallest of divisions, Division 7, Region 28. In my day, we had six divisions, and we liked it. Number 8, New Bremen, their first trip since 2004. The Cardinals, in light of their great 7-3 year, they get to take on New Miami, who went 10-0. Or if you're looking at OHSAA points, 9-0, because Landmark Christian is a club team. They're not affiliated with the OHSAA. Vikings number one seed, they get to host a game in the small village in Butler County. Mississinawa Valley, they make the playoffs. Darn, I spoiled it. That's their first trip since 2004. New Bremen might have been 2003 now, think about it. But Blackhawks 7-3, they're at Marion Local. Flyers 8-2 in Maria Stein. Harden Northern makes the playoffs for the first time in a while. I think I saw 2006 was the last time the Polar Bears made it. They're 8-2. They got number 3, Fort Loramie, on the road. Redskins went 9-1. In your 5-4 matchup, first trip ever for Cincinnati College Prep. It's a young school. I think only a couple years young. If I'm wrong, yell at me at the normal address. But the Lions, 8-2, get to host number 5, Lima Perry, 7-3. And And the teams that missed out, and Sonia six and four, Lachlan six and four, Waynesville Goshen seven and three, Riverside five and five, and Tri Village five and five. Keep in mind this is about the second year Tri Village has played in the CCC. This is a very young team, and getting that close to a playoff spot, well, that's a tip of the cap to the folks at New Madison and surrounding areas in Dark County. So that's your playoffs. Next week we'll give you the football scores, of course. It's going to be weird not having so many of them to read out, but that's playoffs. Not every team gets in like Indiana, where you get a week of playoffs guaranteed. I think that would have been their 10th week. But there are some talks about playoffs, and this one's from the Stateline Sports Network. They cover a lot of Salina area. Also, Indiana and Illinois as well. They cover a lot, and this is written by Samuel Houseworth, 
You can access this at statelinesportsnetwork.net, titled Eliminate Regions and OHSAA Football Playoffs, written Halloween night. So you're going to have a pop-up that goes boo or something. I don't know. I don't know how the internet works. And Samuel starts off with, if you've been following my OHSAA football ratings this season, he has his own on statelinesportsnetwork.net. I follow joeio.com. It's hard to believe Joe Isle's been doing it since, what, 1999? It's impressive. You'll notice mentions that Gibsonburg will very likely be the first 10-0 team since 2001 to miss the postseason. Pending a huge upset this Friday, that'll be a reality, and we'll leave the Golden Bears wondering what if. If they were in the other three Division Five regions, they would have been heading to the postseason, which Samuel calculates in Region 21, it's 8th, 5th in Region 22, and 4th in Region 24. In fact, Gibsonburg is as close to the schools of R22 region as they are R23, so why should the Golden Bears be denied a playoff spot? Just because the OHSAA drew the regional boundaries the way they did. How do we prevent a 10-0 team like Gibsonburg from missing the postseason in the future? Well, like I mentioned, scheduling, scheduling, scheduling. You play tough teams, and they have good years, you get more computer points rolling in. If you beat the good teams, and they beat more good teams, that's more computer points, that's more coins for you, and everything. So, Samuel's ideas are this. Number one, get rid of regions. So, it's just divisions. So, your school class size would say the same. School class size. I mean, school size. Class size. The simplest route the OHSAA can take. The regions are mostly based on geography. Most of them are, some of them aren't. Like I said, Troy is locked in with the Columbus teams. Why not the Dayton teams? It's literally about 15 minutes north from Dayton. I I don't know. He takes Region 23 for one example. The regions are mostly based on geography, but this can result in terribly unbalanced regions. Region 14 and Division 4 and Region 9 and D3 are nearly as loaded, while Region 15 and Division 4 and Region 19 and Division 5 are significantly weak compared to the rest of their divisions. By getting rid of regions, the top-rated 32 teams from each division can get into playoffs and not worry about who they're slotted in the same region as. Okay, fair enough. Pots. Yeah, I had to do a double-take on that, too, just because pots and pans. If you use pots and pans, then the playoff situation helps itself or something. One benefit of the current system is keeping the higher-rate teams at home for the first weekend. But again, these are only the top four teams in each region and not the top six teams in each division. But this is a simple fix by looking how UEFA puts teams in pots for the qualification tournaments. The only difference is that there would be two pots. Home teams ranked 1 through 16 and away teams ranked 17 through 32. So, again, getting rid of regions and then your top 16 teams or your home teams and your bottom 17 through 32 get to travel. And speaking of travel, that's the next point. Obviously, doing a playoff of 1 versus 32, 2 versus 31 would be taxing on students. I mean, 32 versus 1, I mean, if you think about the odds, it's it's not great. They're not great. I mean, that's why you play the games on the field, not on paper, you know. If we play it all on paper, then sports wouldn't be fun. Coaches, parents, and fans who need possibly to drive up to four or five hours each week for a playoff game. 
The regions do a good job of keeping these teams closer, but there's better ways to reduce travel. Last year, Pepper Pike Orange had to travel three-plus hours to face St. Mary's in the first-round game, despite being in the same region. Pepper Pike is close to Cleveland. St. Mary's is not close to Cleveland. If the playoffs start today, St. Clairsville will have to drive, that's Eastern Ohio, would have to drive three-plus hours to Waverly in Region 15. Waverly used to be in Region 16 with Valley View. Portsmouth would have the same drive to Ridgewood in Region 19. And also he mentions Troy at St. John's Jesuit, which is not the case. I said Troy's hosting Olentangy, but that matchup would have been two hours away. Olentangy, that'd be hour in nice driving conditions. But then again, 270 backs up like no other business. If the playoffs started today, I'm not going to read the rest of that. It's just basically reduce travel, try to... Try to pair, you know, your seeds closer together so that, you know, travel's not so much an issue. Reducing travel seems, you know, pretty simple to explain. Later rounds. Without a bracket, the later rounds would follow the same format as the first round. Teams are separated in home teams, the top half, and away teams, bottom half, and using our computer program paired up to reduce the combined travel as much as mathematically possible. The added benefit to this is preventing the two best teams in the state from playing each other in the second and third round solely because they're put in the same region. So, going back to that Word document I typed up, I don't think, I don't think Marion Local would play New Miami next if they beat Mississippi Valley. I don't think that's how it works. But, there you go. There's a chart on there. I can't show it to you because, again, this is a podcast an audio podcast. And there's a link to a Google Drive thing seeing OHSAA without regions. There are a bunch of lines. There's one right off the bat from, what is that, southwest of Circleville? I don't think that's Washington Courthouse. To what looks to be, what would that be? East Knox. Glad I clicked on that. So what is that other one? Adina. Okay, I thought Adina was more north. I'm thinking of Ada. That's where they make all the NFL footballs, you know. So you can go look up there. There's also other articles talking about how can you make football playoffs a little more accessible. Well, to me, I, I think it's a good system. I mean, of course it's going to have flaws. No system's going to be perfect. Someone's going to complain. The 33rd team, if it goes to 132, the 33rd team's going to be like, well, what about us? There's always going to be a flaw in some plan. Do I have a plan planned out? Heck no. Would it be nice to see everyone make the playoffs? Well, that's a lot of, that's a lot of schools. I mean, how many schools in Ohio have football? Well, how many high schools are there in Ohio? There's a lot. And then, think about how many of those have football, and then think about how many first-round games you have, then second round. Indiana does a kind of like a blind draw, if you will, meaning it's not planned anyway. Like, let's say, let's say I blindly draw, hey, New Miami, they had a great year, and they get, oh, Marion Local, because they're two great teams. All right, something like that. You get what I'm saying. For me, I I don't know what the right answer is. All I know is I'm excited for football playoffs. Do I think 
football players can be a little better. Yeah, possibly. There was another article on StatelineSportsNetwork.net. There's predictions as well. I don't really go into predictions. There is the article, two 10-0 teams miss high school playoffs. Gibsonburg and the other one is Northwood. Even one forfeit of schedule change can shake up everything. So that might be why Northwood got out, because with a forfeit... Okay, so actually, with the OHSAA ruling last week, Lutheran East Vienna Matthews game, a no contest rather than a forfeit, which gives Lutheran East a big jump in points and might beat out a 10-0 Northwood team for the 8th seed in Region 18. That explains it, because... Actually, no, it doesn't explain it. I mean, forfeit... If Vienna Matthews forfeits, shouldn't that be a win for Lutheran East and there's points for Ellie? Whereas it's a no contest, then why... Why is that a big jump in points? I don't know. This is from Ohio F50 on Twitter. It's on StatelineSportsNetwork.net again. On two 10-0 teams to miss OHSAA HS football playoffs. Doesn't say who wrote it, though. This is from the second. So five days ago. Wow. That's That's strange. So, there you go. Two 10-0 teams missed the playoffs, both of them ninth in their respective divisions. Northwood is D5 Region 18, D6 Region 23 for Gibsonburg. You know, the same one that has most of the MAC schools in Anna, Coldwater, Minster. You know, the teams that are, you know, quite strong. With the new playoff proposal of the OHSFCA to expand the number of teams competing, both would have qualified. Let's pull up that article, because I think that's the other one. Now, of course, nothing is finalized and everything. And this is a tweet from Jerry Snodgrass. You know, the guy that kind of helps run OHSAA. He retweets something. Important to note that before proposals are voted upon by our elected board of directors, we require feedback from our school administrators who actually govern us. And this tweet is from Jordan Strack. He's a sports journalist in Northwest Ohio. The OHSAA sent this proposal out to high school football coaches around Ohio today. There are talks of expanding the amount of teams again in the playoffs. The proposal would give the top four teams in each region a bye and allow more teams in the postseason. So it'd be, remember a couple of years ago, Division One, you had to be in the top. I keep thinking it's 16, but I'm pretty sure it's top 12. And the picture that's attached to Jordan Strack's tweet, the Football Coaches Association, OHSFCA, has submitted a detailed proposal to expand football playoffs, and we would like some input from you, not this podcaster, the school administrators. The basic components of the proposal are expanding the qualifiers in each region from 8 to 12, meaning you have a couple more games mixed in there. Giving the top four teams by Harbin point totals in each region a bye, meaning see in two weeks. Keeping the 10-game regular season schedule as it is. There's also talks about shortening the preseason. I think it read by a week or something, so get rid of the scrimmages and jubilees and everything like that. Actually, jubilee a thing? 
What am I thinking of? Jamboree. That's what I'm thinking of. And finishing the playoffs on the current corresponding dates, meaning you probably have to push the start of the season up one week, hence short the preseason. I I like to see more football, but remember, kids out there are ones putting their heart and souls and actual bodies out there to, you know, play. And you got school as well, social lives, everything like that. I mean, I'd love to see more football. I'd love to call more football, to be honest. But I just hope that, you know, if they do approve it, it's, you know, in benefit of the schools. The changes are listed above in a tweet that I mentioned. This is also written on Halloween. Why is everything on the playoffs written Halloween? Do it the day before. Spooky playoffs. No timetable has been listed on the process to consider. So we could see this next year. We could see it never. So really, your timeline on that is kind of... Eh. There are two comments on this article. I won't mention who wrote them, but... Apparently, the OHSAA isn't making enough money, so changes need to be made. I don't know if it's that, to be honest. And the other one is absolutely ridiculous. Half the teams in the playoffs now shouldn't even be there. I remember playing in the GCC, and it was a struggle and well-earned to get in the playoffs. The standards to make it in the playoffs is not even comparable. I wonder how much more money a drawers... I wonder how much money a drawers to have extra rounds in the playoffs. I have to figure a draws, you know, good amount, but that's me guessing. So, football playoffs, they start tomorrow. And hopefully we'll have us a good old time talking about week 11 football. I believe it's, what is it, 1, 2... In five play Fridays, three, four, and six on Saturday. There's a tire list on joeidle.com. You just click the week 11 scoreboard, and it tells you all the schools that are playing. And since it's playoffs, it is not a ginormous list. It is just a list of all the schools. I like this name. Youth Build slash Bishop Sycamore Columbus. At Clearwater Academy International. What? Okay, that has to be something else. Why? Ugh, I don't even want to know. There's a couple of DC games in here, too. That's weird. This is a little weird. But you can look at it yourself, and then it's like, ooh, that's weird, too. So there you go. I think that'll wrap up episode 122 quite nicely. If you have any ideas on what you'd like to see in future football playoffs, you know, tweet to me at Sinday Pod or Lee W. Mowen or go on the Facebook page, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Leave a comment there. I always like it when fans interact with the podcast. What's your ideas? Do you think Ohio should go to all schools make at least one week of the playoffs type of draw like Indiana has? Do you like the system as is? Do you want to see more teams in the playoffs? What do you want to see? Because remember, us sports fans, we watch it too. Playoffs, week 11. We'll come back for episode 123 with week 11 football scores. And we'll talk to you then. This is the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Thanks for tuning in this week. And we'll talk to you again next week. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon and at Sunday Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app. Then search for the local Sunday Sports Group to submit your future Mallon's mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.